Hey, this is John Keeble from Warbringer, and you are listening to Brutally Delicious Podcast. Hey, you are listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast live from the quarantine compound. No, I can't speak. I'm Bruce. And I'm in another quarantine compound because we're not allowed to see each other. I'm we Chris. are socially distancing. We are socially distancing. We won't even dock. Right. <laughs> I have no idea what to do with that one. But at any rate, <laughs> today we are going to be speaking with Warbringer, John Kevill, the vocalist. I, I guess I pronounced his name right. Um, you had a chance to listen to these guys? Oh, killer thrash band. Yeah, I'm an old school thrash head, so I'm totally into this. And again, it's Napalm Records. Our friends over at Napalm seem to hook us up quite a bit. And and they have like this old school thrash sound, but they're kind of a more modern band. Oh, yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, and whatever. I mean, I'm definitely a old, old school thrash. I mean, I, that was like the first kind of metal I, I really got into, like the old Exodus, the old you know, Testament stuff. And from there, it's kind of always had a soft spot in my heart, so it'll be great to talk to him. I understand. So, yeah. All right, if you want to hang on one second. Been on my porch uh, doing a slew of interviews, which has been the number one thing keeping me occupied in this current state. I do have to apologize because I suspect this problem that we had connecting was Chris's fault. Uh, oh, okay. I mean, dude, I was sitting here for like five, five minutes reading shit on Reddit. It wasn't really a problem for me. Yeah, but it was still Chris's fault. So. No, it's, okay. it, it's always Bruce's <laughs> fault. So there's one thing that you have to learn about Bruce before we start this interview. He's kind okay. of a little technologically inept. And then he tries to blame it on me who owns a software company. So this is kind of what happens. Oh. Yeah, I see. He, he also I thinks a hot dog side, is a sandwich. On the flip side, I have that podcasting voice like Barry White. I think sometimes that <laughs> there are a lot of babies being made when I'm podcasting. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> well, welcome to the welcome to the Seinfeld I, I mean, of metal podcasts. <laughs> the Seinfeld. Where's your slap bass? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hang up, I told you. Yeah, come <laughs> no, I, I, I'll 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 give you grace on that one, man. Um, so <laughs> the next time, if you're going to use that line, have the base like have a button with the base ready, man. It would be a good yeah, one. you're right. <laughs> you are 100 right. So let's uh, if we jump into Warbringer, your record is like what a week and a half out, a week out. Yeah, give or take. What is it going to be like? Really? April April 24th. April 24th. So it's uh, the 13th or the 14th today? Yeah. So what's it going to be like releasing a record in this sort of weird flux state we're all in? Well, shit, we're going to find out, aren't we? So uh, <laughs> I've never released a record during the coronavirus pandemic before because it hasn't happened before. Right. So uh, we're, we're going to see how this goes. Uh, hopefully... You know, fingers crossed. Basically, the record will fly on the strength of the music and songs and all that, and that people will want to listen to it. I mean, as a guy who writes the songs, you, that's kind of what you have to do at the end of the day is hope people like it. You know, when you put it out there, you know, right. the, the market gets to decide. So we'll we'll see what people think. Uh, so far, I mean, I think it's a hell of a strong record. So I really hope that uh, that carries. You know, people say, hey, this record came out and it's good. You know, um, I think that ultimately the strength of the song is going to have a lot more to do with the success or failure than like any clever live stream media idea we may have. 
or I, at least I hope that the songs matter, you know, shit. <laughs> yeah, I was just listening to The Black Hand Reaches Out, and it fucking slays, dude. So good. Fuck yeah, it's, it, yeah. that's the idea. Slay everything in sight all the time. That, that's sort of our awesome. So let me uh, let me just get back to what we were just talking about just for one second, then we can move on. But in the uh, in an era where we are like all locked down and doing that thing, and the records out there and people are finding about, it, are you doing anything? You're not touring. You're not doing in store. So are you doing anything like online to interact with your fans or do any sort of thing like that? Well, uh, part of uh, part of what I'm doing is stuff like this right now, where I'm doing uh, two or three of these the interviews. You know, podcast, blogs, journalists, right. anything. Basically anything that comes through the Napalm Records press office, we have a wide open schedule, so we're doing it all. So I, every single day, interviews written and uh, like audio and video, the whole nine. So right. that's a big one. I'm spending, uh, I, I'm almost full time on that, it feels like, uh, right. these days. So that's really cool to see that much interest in the record, the, to be able to fill up that much time in my schedule, right. uh, which has nothing else in it right now. <laughs> so uh, there's that. We also did some something pretty cool that i think is a little unique we made a documentary about ourselves and the record specifically the record you know more uh, and we're calling it the science of thrash and what we did here we we tried to do something cool uh basically i always hear in in interviews and stuff what's your process how does the band approach writing songs so on this one we tried to not only talk about the songs but every uh little bit displays the process of who had what idea when what led to what how did we actually mechanically write the songs so we're calling this the science of thrash because it's a behind the record but we want we we went to a pretty extreme level of detail i wrote like a 17 page treatment for the whole thing and you know i, I wrote the thing uh, top to bottom because i was there writing the right. record so i wanted it to really reflect the process we had um and that's something kind of cool and, and unique i think and I, I think the band has a lot of like layered uh ideas in its songs so we really wanted to bring that to the forefront uh and so that's coming out pretty soon we already did uh an episode on the black hand reaches out and how that came about oh nice oh, that's cool, so what man. you mentioned you mentioned it is there a message or a takeaway you want your fans to walk away from after listening to the new record um pretty much we just want to give everybody like a really kick-ass thrash metal record with very well-written songs uh I'd say that uh, the overall theme of the album title and stuff is a, a fear of tomorrow, a fear of the future, uh, a fear that we might that technology and the power of modern civilization might make you know a darker tomorrow and not a brighter one. Uh, that, that's the overarching theme of the record, and even some of the historical stuff it goes into are times in the past where that happened. You know, right. like uh, the advent of you know, industrial weaponry in the First World War and the mass slaughter that happens, or a Heart of Darkness gets into colonialism, which is basically one civilization is industrialized, the other one isn't. So right. you can, you know, so the, the one that is industrialized can do whatever it wants to the other one. And sure enough, it chooses to be cruel, you know? Yeah. Um, so these kind of things, it's about times, so it's either about future times where technology could change the world to be worse, or times in the past where that's already happened. Right. And kind of looking at that as an overarching theme. And you couldn't have possibly uh, had this yeah. in mind when you, you couldn't have possibly had this in mind when you started, but a lot of it's like super timely considering our, our times now, right? Well, you know, I actually wrote a lot of this. So this record was, uh, some of it was written 
three years ago, <laughs> actually. Right. So, so you're you might think that, but you're actually incorrect. Uh, I I wrote a lot of this uh, a good minute ago. Uh, some songs, particularly that had been around for a while, "Firepower Kills," "Glorious End," those were both written on the same trip. I went to a uh, to an old Western Front battlefield called Ypres, and you know, found a found a guy who died a hundred years before the day I was standing there that had something pretty much just like my last name. It was Keyville with two E's. So <laughs> pronounced <laughs> the same, spelled a little different. Um, and, you know, he's from, he was uh, in the British Army, which uh, Keeville's an Irish name. The Irish would be in the British Army at that time. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, man. So that just hit me really heavy. And that night I went and wrote all the lyrics in my, just in my head. They sat there for like two and a half years, and now we just released it. So uh, that's one. <laughs> yeah. Other ones that, like, sat around for a while beforehand, uh Crush Beneath the Tracks was a title I had like five years ago that finally found a song and a riff to like live with. So the ideas come from kind of everywhere. Um, but it, it wasn't, uh, you know, we actually record this whole record in July. So just, I think the sense of just kind of fits with our themes in general. Right. <laughs> we're, we're never talking, like Warbringer never writes a song about like the time society just functioned really well and everyone really smooth. <laughs> that's not a war, that's not a Warbringer song, you know? Yeah. You seem like a history buff. Are you a history buff? Uh, I'm trying to be a professor. Oh, <laughs> oh nice. So I'm, yeah, I'm not there yet. So don't say, oh, and the guy's a history, but sometimes people make that mistake. I don't, I, you know, compared to actual professors, I, I, I'm not there yet. But uh, I have uh, I finished my bachelor's degree like directly before we recorded Weapons of Tomorrow. So just this like last summer, uh, and then I'm gonna you know pretty much tour on this record and then go back in for my master's. And I think after that I'll be you know I'll be qualified to teach at like a community college level, and I'd like to start with that. Uh, so nice. it's a great uh, companion piece for these last few records. I started my studies after Empire's Collapse, and it's given me just a ton of shit to like write about you know yeah uh, heart of darkness was a I, I read the novel of the name and i read all this stuff about the belgian congo god it's horrific you know you yeah. went to belgium you guys of all people you know geez um right. so if you want but the way this fits into my uh, warbringer thing is this you know you're gonna write aggressive evil music it should you know the themes are, are gonna be something aggressive and evil so why should I use some like made up shit? Why do I need to use like Satan, who I, I regard as basically a cartoon character? Right. Uh, or why would I need to use like, you know, just kind of the stock random like action movie cartoonish violence? You know, that it's a real fucking thing. I'll, I'll talk about the real stuff. And I think that gives us this, this kind of deeper emotive side than you typically think of for thrash metal, even though we're just raging the whole time. There's like a like a soulful tinge that gets in there because we're raging about real stuff that I, that I actually am really horrified and, and appalled at, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Bruce. So, yeah. So I have gone and this is not about Warbringer at all, but you just mentioned it. I have gone back to school in the last couple, what year and a half, I guess, Chris. And uh, just out of, for no reason at all, just because I wanted to, I'm studying philosophy and religion and I'm horrified about a Fuck lot yeah. of that stuff too. It's kind of crazy. 
And, you know, like I have no reason, yeah. there was no reason to do it. I'm not doing it to go be a, a teacher like yourself. I'm just doing it to, because I'm interested in it. And I can't believe some of the things, like, I didn't know about that. I'm like, holy shit, we really did that kind of stuff. Oh, dude, the amount of stuff that I didn't know I didn't know is staggering. Yeah. And you don't know you didn't know it. Again in a couple more years. <laughs> yeah, I'm digging it. So that's kind of cool. And I guess you could probably do a lot of it online if you're touring, right? Um, typically, I, I mean, I really actually don't like online classes. I really like to be there. Um, I'm the guy who stay, you know, you, you wouldn't think it for the dude who plays in a metal band and just, you know, I, I also have been a pothead since I was like 16, but, uh, no, I was like, I wasn't that great of a student, like in high school and stuff. I was more interested in like learning about heavy metal at the time and starting my band. Um, but now I'm actually pretty damn good. I, I go back with a really different mentality and, uh, you know, I'll, I, I really like to be there in person cause I can pretty much hear about whatever the hell they're talking about. And I can yeah. go and pick the professor's brain act- after kind of whatever ideas or theories I have about whatever we're talking about. I'll, I can bounce it off of them and basically say, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That makes sense. Or, or, Hey, but you might want to look at this, you know, and, yep. and get that feedback loop going. And I do I really well like- with, with that. And yeah. I remember everything. I, I never have to. I never write down lyrics or anything. Oh, you're a better uh, guy ever. than me. Then. I just remember it all. Well, that puts the pothead <laughs> myth to rest. Yeah. Yeah. The pothead yeah. Myth is Memory gone. works. No, no, <laughs> it, it doesn't. It doesn't. So what it does is this, I'm really good at remembering the shit that I'm basically already interested in. But if you want to like, tell me, Oh Christ, you know, just mundane shit that I got to do throughout the day. You're going to have to remind me like six times, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, like, hey, dude! Uh, you, oh, my, my, my fucking wife, dude! Poor, God bless her. Um, she, uh, you know, she's always like, you know, remember to put your socks in the hamper, you know, for the three <laughs> hundredth fucking time, you know, and that kind of stuff. So I can remember everything about like, you know, this whole litany of different battles and how they connected and how they showed, you know, tactical evolution throughout whichever war we're in and all of that shit and the geopolitics and all these little stories from within it too, at the micro level. And then I'm like, where the fuck did I put my keys? You know, (laughs) (laughs) so human minds are weird like that because I think everybody, I think every fucking person on this earth, their brain is a little lopsided like that in some way or another, in some way unique to them usually. And, uh, it's fucking interesting, you know? So I think uh, when we talk about, if you ask a question like, what is intelligence? You actually get this really complex, multifaceted thing. Some of the dudes in my band that I work with don't have, you know, like, like I'm the, the guy who's reading all the fucking academic books and shit. But uh, some of these guys have this way with music and notes and tone that I just can't even dream of having. And that's, tell me that's not intelligence. You know, I don't right. have that. So uh, it's... You know, I, I think the mind is just fucking fascinating and people, different people, like the different strengths that their brains can fucking bring to the table is wonderful. And and honestly, you know, as much of an active role I have in the songwriting as I do, I absolutely could not make these songs without some of the other fucking guys I'm working with who who I regard as something of geniuses, you know? Yeah. Right. That's awesome. Um, Chris? Well, to be honest, I started this, well, Bruce started this podcast and he asked me to join it. And I was kind of new to metal. I didn't really discover like heavy, heavy metal until like 2011 or so. Okay. When I went on a when I went on a uh, heavy metal cruise, seventy thousand tons of metal. 
No, cool. Yeah, which is cool. It, it changed my life, and it, it taught me about, you know, when you're outside looking in at metal, you know, you kind of see anger and aggression and all this stuff. But when you get on the inside, you find out that it's really just love and everyone's taking care of each other, and, and it's extremely friendly. Um, how, how, how do you deal with, I don't know how exactly to phrase this question, but I guess, do you find that within the metal community as well? Generally? Yeah. I mean, you know, any community has got, got jerks and assholes in it, but, uh, metal as a whole, I think when you like a concert setting at me- in a metal show, you know, black or dead or thrash or whatever, some extreme shit, pretty happy setting. People are hanging out, having beers, like going between the songs and stuff. You know, it's a, it's a riot, man. So, uh, I think that there's some, I think one thing that a lot of people outside looking in don't get about metal is how kind of you can simultaneously have this sort of, uh, outpouring of anger, aggression, and all that kind of stuff and how it can like be cathartic and how that catharsis can make it really fun. You know, oh, yeah. like, yeah. like I, I talked, I did a spiel earlier, this podcast about how, you know, I'm always writing about serious stuff that actually makes me angry and upset in the world. It's like, dude, I'm having a blast when we play our concerts though, Yeah, you know, doing woe to the vanquished or something about the destruction <laughs> of culture and the, you know, and then the bloodlines and all of that. And, you know, fun as fuck. <laughs> um, I think right. just getting that out of me, uh, getting that anger, getting that, uh, sort of sense of injustice at the natural order of the world, you know, let's face it. Nature's brutal, you know? Um, oh, yeah. and just, and, and none of us has to be born. We just like landed here, you know, uh, no one exists on purpose that the show Rick and Morty says that. And that actually, uh, ends up being pretty philosophical for a cartoon. You know? <laughs> and so, uh, I, I actually really, I, I've been using that bit. I really like it. Um, just to describe kind of the sense of like, ah, uh, what's, what am I supposed to be doing and all this? You got this like crushingly vast world and you have, you know, you got all these things going on. You have uh, totalitarian states, you have like multi billionaire corporate empires, you got, you know, you have neo imperialism and all, and all of this shit going on in the world. And you're just like, ah, and, uh, <laughs> you didn't choose any of it. It all existed before your time and you had no say in it. Yep. And uh, no matter who you are, that's the world you live in. So I think just that is kind of the, basically living in an unfair, unjust world that, that is brutal by its nature. Um, I think that's kind of the core impulse for why metal is so relatable for the people that are into it, but also kind of like looking the devil in the eye, so to speak is, tough for people i think a lot of people get by in that world by kind of pretending it isn't there where i think metal often sort of embraces like look that's what it really is you know (laughs) right takes the veil off of it and and exposes it yeah and and i think that you can actually like the feeling of doing that and like kind of going at it you know most metalheads they are uh you you know tend to be like pretty friendly you know often like you know, often metalheads aren't like are very uh, just accepting of whoever, and they're like, "Yeah, come have a beer, dude." <laughs> you know, yeah, right? Kind of like that. And uh, I think that there's a very basic friendly element to uh, the culture a lot of the times. Yeah, you know, times where it's not any that's true of any large group. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and just kind of that, if you're into this shit, you're with us, you're one of us, because I think also just the fact that it's seen so much as outsider music means that, like, you know, metalheads can always spot another one. You see the guy on the desk or whatever. Yeah. And you just and you just talk to him and you're like, yo, dude, that's a sick you know, you're wearing a fucking uh, you know, symbolic t shirt. I really like Thousand Eyes on that record, you know. I got a And it's like you've known them your whole life. Yeah, yeah. And and you can have a chat about something like that. And I think that that's probably a little different than if if you're in mainstream world, because like I, I don't know. Uh, what's really popular shit i you know uh, <laughs> let's let's say you're really into taylor swift right do you really have that instant bond i don't know maybe you do I'm, i haven't been in the world of taylor swift fans thank god but uh you know i think with metal that that definitely does exist or i think with any like niche subgenre where you can be like this guy's into this kind of uh this guy or gal is into this like specialized interest i have um let's talk about it. And most of the time people are like, yeah, dude, that record's sick. I really like how that, you know, and, and people, uh, in metal too, they're passionate about their music. I think a lot of time, if, if you get like people, uh, I think a lot of people don't really care what music they're listening to. And they just like music in general, <laughs> you know, yeah. I like the sound of music. I like popular artists in general, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think most people who are in the metal are really like nitpicky and specific. And you get people that are like, I have the best story about this. So this is when we're touring in Germany. Uh, we're in Osnabrück, and it's our second record, Waking Into Nightmares. Now, Waking Into Nightmares is kind of like the first album, except it's even faster, and it's got some like death metal shit that's crept in. <laughs> so it's like we didn't go soft. Uh, but this guy is there, and I remember this is just about the pickiness of metalheads, and how they know what they like, all right. Um, this guy was like, it comes to me before the show, and he, you know, a German guy, he's like, uh, hello, Vorbringer. So I thought your first record was really so great, and it was uh, The Rebirth of Thrash. And I'm like, whoa, thanks. But really, your second record was total shit. I hate it. <laughs> and then at the show, this guy stands in the very front, front and center, right in front of me. It's a small club, so I'm like, he's right there, you know? And uh, every we, we only have two records, so the set's about half and half. Every time we play a War Without End song, the guy's stage diving, circle pitting, going berserk. Anything from Waking into Nightmares, you know, again, especially live, this doesn't, these songs don't sound that different from the first album. Right. Uh, it's like arms crossed glaring at me. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so that, that's just two different albums by the same band that didn't like change too radically. Um, so people really know what they like. That's an extreme of it, but uh, that's funny. I wasn't even mad at the guy. I was kind of like, well, I, I could relate to him, you know? I'm like, man, because I've been that guy. I'm like, not to, maybe not to that extent, but the guy who's like, I just want that metal, that magic that metal has, where it just grabs me and everything's perfect. And when it doesn't do that for whatever reason, even if it's just because of my own bias, I'm like, this isn't what I want. Ah, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. Well, the reason I asked that question is because. In 2011, I went on this metal cruise. I looked like a golf pro because I love golfing. And, like, I didn't own anything black. So I was, like, wearing golf shorts and a golf T-shirt and a golf hat or whatever, right? I'm in the sun, and I'm hanging out one night. And I'll be honest, I was wasted. And Yeah, why wouldn't you be? Yeah. <laughs> and this metal band comes running by, and they grab me. Hey, come here, come here, come here. So I go with them. I don't even know who they are at this point. 
And they had stole a bottle, like a 60 of Patron tequila from the outside bar. And they had all these shot glasses lined up. And it was them, two other ba- another band, and me. And we're just sitting there doing shots. And I'm like, oh, cool. Why are you guys here? And they look at me. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? What are we doing here? I'm like, well, what are you doing here? <laughs> and they're like, we're playing tomorrow. I was like, oh, shit. Right on. What band are you in? <laughs> you know, they're like, what are you talking yeah. about? And then one of the other band members is like, oh, shit, I got to puke. And they ran to the garbage can and just ralphed in the garbage can, <laughs> came running back. They're like, give me more. I got to wash this down. And we just sat there. Oh, brutal. We just sat there all night <laughs> shooting tequila and talking. And like they were, they're a really successful metal band. And I'm just this guy that has never even experienced metal until that boat, really. And it just, mm-hmm. it made me realize, you know, like this this community is just so different than anything I've ever really experienced before. Yeah. So I always thought that there was kind of a sort of like a, you know, to use a, a communist word, proletarian kind of ethos to metal. And I think that it comes from the kind of blue collar factory worker roots of stuff like the new wave of British heavy metal. Yeah. Metal. It's an everyman music, you know, it really is. It's that's about, a great way to put it's it. It's about the little guy, the guy who's been shit on. It's not about the guy who's got everything its own way. You don't hear metal songs about, like, check out my mansion. No, you're right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank God for that, because if that's your song idea, fuck you. Your song sucks. Have a better idea. <laughs> yeah. uh, my next metal, th- for the next song, we'll be playing I Just Bought My Third Lamborghini. <laughs> like, right, right. Uh, you know. that whole thing like that being a thing where the culture in general is like yeah that's an acceptable thing to write in your song where you're like i have money christ man could you be less creative like what you know what the fuck else (laughs) (laughs) i have a house i sleep there (laughs) you know no shit great job for you so does everyone else you know (laughs) fuck right or like my house is bigger than yours that's your song Fuck you. Nice. <laughs> maybe it shouldn't be. You know, maybe you should write a better song, then you deserve it, perhaps. You know? It's still there. So, so that's okay, how I feel cool. about the mainstream culture is it's a ton of people pretty much stroking their own dicks in public and getting praised for yes. it. So <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I don't have anything well, else pretty, to do. No, that's pretty much all I got. Before we go though, can you do a bumper for me? Name band and you're listening to the brutal. <laughs> you want to close out on, on, on that on, on that cynical. Oh yeah, that's the <laughs> best right there. <laughs> okay, let's end that's on something. How I feel, man. Dude, that that feeling though, that drives me to like I'm like, what am I gonna do there for? I'm gonna do these thrash songs where you could fucking like, yeah, it's thrash metal, but you could dig into each and every song and and fucking have like a page of shit to say about it, you know, because there's actual ideas there and each one's different. And, and, you know, just fuck what happened to writing songs that are interesting. You know, even, even the pop world used to have it. I think, you know, look at, look at music, popular music in the seventies. There's great shit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I look, you know, a lot of, a lot of the radio rock in the seventies is the roots of metal. (laughs) You know, I, I look at a guy like Dylan and that guy had so much to say. You know, or, yeah, sure. If you, yeah, you know, or, or uh, more, more from where you guys are at, I think uh, Laren Cohen too. Similar kind of thing where it's like the talky, poetic vocals. You know, I'm yeah. into that. There's nobody like those. There's no one. That's such an American thing, and it's like just not. There, there's nobody remotely like it around today. <laughs> yeah. Well, Leonard Cohen's Canadian. 
Oh yeah, yeah, but, but style. I mean, oh, you know, I the style of like. I'm just joking because yeah, yeah. I'm Canadian and I'm, you know. <laughs> okay, uh, well, hey, you guys. Okay, you you want some uh, here? Here's my. Uh, you want me to do an extended shout out to Canada? <laughs> sure. 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 So, so here's everything cool I can think of to say about Canada uh, that pertains to me or us in any way. First off, uh, so I, I did all these songs like with First World War stuff. That glorious end video. That's a Canadian monument. There, the Canadian Corps on the Western Front is like kind of the best. Uh, you know, one of the, probably the best couple divisions that any army has on the Western Front. They got this commander Arthur Curry. Really knows what he's doing. Uh, so Canada, like. That's that's your hour of martial glory, and like honestly, the, from studying all that shit, deserved. Um, so there's that. Uh, second, thrash metal, Razor and Sacrifice are two of the best ever. Nice. Uh, particularly, particularly, I really like Violent Restitution slash Shotgun Justice era from Razor. They're just fast as fuck, mm-hmm. and uh, I really like Forward Determination and Soldiers of Misfortune from Sacrifice. That second one in particular is underrated because it comes out 1990 and it's got some like cool prog touches on it in a, in a brutal thrash kind of package. So it's a really um, so yeah. And then of course uh, you know we we do like straight straight up prog rock. So so Rush gets played yeah. a fair amount around us. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So there, there's some glory to Canada stuff right there. Hey, That's nice. Hey, I live in Virginia yeah, now. It's I'll, I'll okay. Take it. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, I I more or less like I, I more or less view you, you, having toured North America a bunch. Canada is not so different, man. Unless you're in Quebec, it's like yeah. you're you know you're in like a Minnesota offshoot the whole time. That's how right. I see it. <laughs> or Minnesota's a Canada offshoot. However you want, you know. Right. Yeah. Minnesota, Wisconsin, the Americans, they, they go like, oh, don't you know, hey, yeah. Yeah. they're, they're kind of like that. Hey, you just, you hey, just dial I, that up a notch and you got Canadians. They're not that different. Do I sound like that? No. <laughs> okay, uh, really? No, even... <laughs> hey, don't you know. <laughs> You're not all like, well, tubular, dude, like I am, you know? <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right. Oh, dude, that was such a good interview, man. Thank you for taking the time. That yeah. was fantastic. God, right, we, so we, we still need to entertain, that... man. I'm an entertainer. No, that's great. We still need that bumper, though. Is it a good, good time now? <laughs> yeah, let's. Uh, yeah, if you think we're done shooting the shit and fucking around. <laughs> All right, what's what's the buffer? What a brutally delicious podcast. Yeah, yeah name we band and the brutally delicious podcast related. No, I know, but it's a long story because I actually have a, a heavy metal cooking show on YouTube and. That was first, and then this kind of was the second thing, and I wanted to keep the brand name together. Ah, oh, well, I, I do like cooking, actually. Oh, you really? Bruce is doing yeah. a Bruce is doing gonna, a quarantine series. You should cook yeah. for him. I'm, I'm doing a I'm quarantine series my, right now. I'm out by my grill right now, actually, dude. I uh, so one thing that I learned that you can do. So, getting like Asian food, like a good stir fry or a fried rice or whatever, mm-hmm. it always eluded me. You know, just something I, I don't have the magic touch or whatever. But then I got this grill, and the grill, you can take the middle of it out, and I got a cast iron wok, okay? Oh, that's nice. And uh, so the cast iron wok over the coals on the grill is fucking glorious. And I've, I've like, leveled up all of a sudden. So I do broccoli beef and chow mein, and, like, broccoli beef and vegetable chow mein on the, the fucking charcoal grill and the cast iron wok. And it's super easy, and it kills. It's fucking hey. great. When we get done with this, text me your email and I'll send you the um, all the all the parameters. It's real easy because I've gotten a ton of them coming in. Okay. Well, um, 
John, I want to thank you for taking the time, man. Be safe and good luck with the record next week. Awesome, man. Thank you very much. Have yourself a good one. You too, hey, man. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there.